Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on X. Crazy Ike Fan Facebook page. What's up, Ike? Do this. How's it been going out there? It's been a little while since I've recorded a podcast, about close to a little over a week. Full disclosure, I wanted to do a podcast after, record a podcast after the match against Dinamo on Saturday in Athens, in Philadelphia, that crazy finish that just sent us all to the seventh heaven, as they say in Greek. Um, But honestly, just with the quick turnaround, by the time I was able to record, it was like Monday morning and we were playing Tuesday. So I figured I would just record after we played in um, in uh, Antwerp. So just a, not a very long podcast today because basically, and I haven't gone over this in a while, the way I take notes while I'm watching these games is either through computer or, you know, pen and pen and pad, as they say. I was so engaged during both of these matches that um, and feeling all the drama of all these matches that uh, I really did not take very many notes. So I'm not going to go in depth. I'm just going to talk about briefly my thoughts on both matches and then uh, have a little bit of a preview because there's going to be a lot of changes to the Ike lineup of um, their first league match this weekend coming up on Saturday against Pansaraikos. So let's get to it, guys. <clears throat> Ike, go through on aggregate in the second leg, the exciting second leg that happened in Philadelphia over the weekend on Saturday, their makeup match. Um, first off, <laughs> wow. Just an emotionally charged day. I think that Football and every and the mind of every I could see until kickoff, and I think I said this last week, is very secondary compared to the tragedy of uh, Michali's murder and everything that's going on in the news in Greece. By the way, before I get started, I should have mentioned this from the get-go. Prayers go out and good vibes to people suffering or affected by the wildfires all over the country. Uh, very, very sad stuff that we're seeing going on back home here. Um, I just pray and hope that all of you are safe and um, just sending out prayers and good vibes. But getting back to what I was talking about, you know, with everything surrounding about Michali's murder and just the anticipation of this match, first off, heads off, heads, big thumbs up to all the I could do this that attended that match, that everything went off without a kick, that... There was no episodes or any retaliation with the police. The biggest frustration in Greece, for those that don't know, for this whole story, falls on both the government, but mostly the police. And we all know how fans can get sometimes when they encounter police. But everything went off without a without a hitch. Um, and especially in such a tremendous match where there was so much emotion involved. I'm not, I, I didn't hear this in a lot of reports, so I don't want it, I don't want it to be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure I heard it in the pregame on TV that Michali's parents were there, which made me more emotionally invested in the match, because I'm like, damn, we really need to win this, we really need to progress. 
Um, you know, all that being said, the, the, the emotion of the crowd, the, everything was felt during the match. Uh, so let's get into it. Well, the match started off pretty decently. I mean, it started off the way we expected it to. Dinamo was, was really trying to push to score a goal so they could equalize on aggregate. Ike were able to counter a couple of times, not very well, but able to counter Dinamo and threaten a little bit. Um, some pretty good opportunities missed in the first half. But Dinamo really, again, did not show... They did not show any danger. This wasn't a team that during the entire, this whole two-legged affair of the tie, they didn't show much. They did show a lot of talent. They have a lot of individual talent, both with Lubacic and then the, um, gosh, this goalkeeper always escapes my mind, but the goalkeeper, I mean, he really kept them into the match. He Later on, he would, uh, I mean, he just incredible incredible saves by this kid i mean he's not a kid he's 28 years old but you guys know what i mean uh just to go down one nil at halftime at the very literally the last kick of the half to have such a defensive lapse and if memory serves correct i think it was on a free kick uh yeah it was on a free kick for i'm about to give a free kick in that spot and then for ike to go down one nil at the half um, and to basically have for the tie to be tied on aggregate two two at this point uh, was kind of heartbreaking, you know, because I think that if anyone deserved to be up at that time, it was Ike. Ike had the was playing better football, had uh, more possession of the ball, were clearly the better side of the half. Dinamo, even though they were desperate to score, but Dinamo does have a quality, um, and that quality showed through that they were able to, to finally get through, and, you know, I mean, it was a big momentum swing. It was a very big momentum swing in, in, in terms of the tie at that point, right before the half, for them to make it 1-0 and on aggregate to be tied 2-2. Second half, kind of the same story, I think, you know, both teams kind of at times taking it to each other. Ike not pressing as much as they normally do. And then, you know, the second goal came off again, off a defensive uh, lapse. And um, you know, defensively, we just haven't looked very sharp this year at times. Uh, Mukudi has not looked his best. He had a tough time of it on Saturday. Vida had a tough time of it. I know he was the hero at the end, but he had a tough time of it. Um, you know, again, to kind of, they scored and made it 2-0, and then you kind of, it was like the wind went out of the building in some ways. I know the crowd was still cheering, still chanting. Ike fans never stopped. We never stopped chanting no matter what's going on on the pitch. But you could kind of tell, like, by the 80th minute, it was still 2-0. And then especially when it got to the 90th, and you were like, okay, we need one goal to send this thing into extra time. Even though we had come close, it seemed like luck was just not on our side. You know, there was a couple goals that were scored. Both of them were considered offside. Just some near misses. Um, 
some plays that I'm trying to remember back on. And I probably watched the replay. Every time the replay would come on TV, <coughs> I would set a timer on my phone. That way I could go watch like the last 15, 20 minutes of this match, especially the last freaking 10 minutes was insane. Uh, probably one of the most exhilarating uh, finishes I've ever witnessed as an Ike fan. Now, some Ike reporters, some Ike talking heads out there put it as high as QPR back in the day when Ike lost 3-0 at Queens Park Rangers. And then this was in 77, 78, I think. And um, back in Athens, they won 3-0 and went into extra time and went into penalties. And Ike ended up advancing to the what is now the Europa League semis as opposed to uh, what it was called then was the UEFA Cup semis. Big time, uh, big time game by Ike. And then someone else said that their, the fondest memory of this generation in Europe was um, back in 2002-2003 when Ike was down 2-0 in the, in the Bernabeu playing against Real. And they scored two goals in the last 15 minutes of the match to make it 2-2. I remember that specifically, and I was specifically watching it on ESPN, and just to hear the roar of the crowd, to hear all the I could see this, uh, was was something special. Maybe, I guess because, I guess, yeah, you know, maybe I wasn't that into it. I mean, I was happy and just very, like I said, exhilarating, but at the same time, I think I've watched this team compete in Europe, especially back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I remember great wins, um, but I guess if you really put it down and think about everything that happened with this team, it was a victory that I wanted no less. I was starting to kind of take notes towards the end of the game simply because I was thinking about this is going to be one of the worst podcasts I'm ever going to record with Michal, every I know every IGZ wanted us to win this tie for Michali, wanted us to go through just for Michali and I, and I prayed, I'm like, dear God, let us go through and who cares what happens with Antwerp. But it was kind of depressing. It was like, cause we had it, we had it. We were the better team over the, over the two legs. I mean, yes, the Namor team that are, can punish you when, when given the opportunity because they have such good individual talent. But as far as a team, I felt like I were much better over both, over both legs. Um, so it was starting to get very frustrating there towards the end of the match. And this is the stuff that was going through my head. And I was going to do this whole spiel about how I always do, how football can punish you in football. That's why we love it because it's not always the best team on the pitch that wins. It's always the team that is able to put the ball in the back of the net and all of a sudden, I mean, Araujo has a little cracker inside the box and put the ball where, uh, what's his name? I forget the goalkeeper's name, man, where he couldn't get to it, which he was phenomenal, the goalkeeper. He really, really impressed me, if you can't tell. Um, the changes that uh, Almeida made, obviously, this is, again, we have to talk about the depth of this team. And I don't want to get tired some to people out there because I always talk about the depth that we have. To bring on players like Araujo, Mandalo, uh, even Galanopolo. Galanopolo almost had another exact same shot on target that, that he put that phenomenal goal in the previous match against Dinamo. 
to have that kind of quality. But it, it just seemed like that one of those days where the ball just didn't want to go back in the net. That whore of a ball, excuse my language, as we call it in Greek, that just did not want to go in the back of the net. We've all been there. We've all seen games like this. As I can see this, we've seen a lot of games like this. We lived through another game to kind of give you a preview of the Antwerp game that uh, ended up being like this. Um, so, you know, it just uh, finally when that goal went in and I felt and it was funny because everyone else was talking about this on social media. People that were at the game, people that watched the game from home in the Greek media were all talking about this afterwards Soon as we scored the first one, I knew the second one was going in. Some way, somehow, I knew this game was not going into extra time. I was bracing for extra time and trying to explain to my wife that I need to sit here and watch this game for another hour <laughs> if, if need be because it's getting ready to go into extra time. She's looking at me like I'm crazy because I just went nuts when we scored, when I scored that goal. I'm like, finally, I, did, I, did the, I made the sign of the cross, and I was like, thank God it finally went in. Um... But I somehow I had this feeling that we were going to get another goal. Of course, we got the penalty, rightfully so. And then I see Levy Garcia step up to the strike, and I'm like, mother effer. I'm thinking to myself, he's going to miss it. He's going to miss it. I mean, look, the kid just doesn't... Uh, he does well. He's such a tremendous talent and such a good player, but... Uh, I get the fact that you want to give him more confidence in taking penalty kicks, but he missed one in preseason. He missed the really big penalty that could have came back again to Hondike last season if if uh, they ended up tied on points with Panathinaikos that would have given Panathinaikos the title. And then you you can't write this stuff like these. This whole tie with Dinamo Zagreb could make a Hollywood movie. I mean, you had drama, and at the very end, you had the PK block, which was another great play by the goalkeeper, able to get it there with his feet, which is was phenomenal. Most of the time, keepers try to do that, and the ball is just coming with such force that it's hard for them to knock it away. And he was able to knock it away, but it knocked up really high, and for Vida to get his head on it, Vida, uh, a Dinamo boy, let's say, or maybe I shouldn't use those words, but a Dinamo guy, that that was the team that um, just for him to end up scoring the goal was sweet on our end. I mean, probably bitter from the Croatians' end. And uh, good for, listen, all, all things aside, I mean, good for him for not celebrating. If in the future, let's say somehow in some European tournament, we meet like we meet Tramza Sport, let's say in a European tournament, and Bacaceta scores the winning goal that sends us through, that sends his team through the next round, I'm going to expect him not to celebrate. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure he was happy to do it because that's his job and he's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it. So, but the, the, the drama behind it, that it was actually him, and I honestly thought it wasn't going to count. I'm like, holy crap, how is he not offsides there? But he was kept onside. Um just high drama and then the just you knew the whistle was gonna blow very soon and that's all she wrote man that was an insane game taking my mind back to that moment i could not believe what i had just witnessed
just uh, the team, the team that wanted it more just won it. So let me very quickly move on. I know it's hard to leave a match like that. Um, few things that I can think back on. You know, Levy Garcia, it came out because him, Gatsunovich was the first player to go and set the ball down like as if, as if he was going to take the penalty kick. But then uh, it came from Mike's bench that Levy Garcia should take it. So I can't really, I know there's a few details maybe that I'm missing here. And I'm sorry, like I said it from the beginning of the podcast that this wasn't going to be very detail oriented. Uh, so let's move on here. Let's go to the first leg of the UCL playoffs. So I, of course, because UEFA, I mean, I don't understand why they couldn't move the match over one more day. So I had to play this game on Saturday. They had to get on the plane on Monday. They pretty much played, uh, what was it, three matches in less than 10 days or almost in a week, which is ridiculous. I mean, with the luckily, I have the depth of roster because um, I was wondering why I saw Anathasiades under uh, keeper. He, um, no, Stankovic was dealing with an injury. A uh, few changes in the lineups that, uh, in the lineup that um, Almeida was trying out, uh, so after the tie with Dinamo, you could reset your European lineup. So Van Weert was out and Ponce was into Ike's European lineup. So we knew we were going to have Ponce, which came to be a key thing later on. Um, so the game started in Antwerp. First half thoughts. <clears throat> well, I don't want to say this because I don't want to say anything bad about the guy. We really saw how much Garcia means to this team's offense, how much he means to this team, especially after he went out injured. He went out injured around the 27th minute. He had three or three chances, but two really, really good chances where he could have put the ball in the back of the net. One was a good save by the keeper. The other one was just unlucky that uh, it was a little... It was on target, but he should have done really better, especially on the first opportunity he had where he had a free header inside the box and just sent it in the arms of the goalkeeper. And I know I said this in preseason because he was scoring left, right, and center, and I'm like, okay, if Levy scores like this when official matches starts, then we're going to be unstoppable. Unfortunately, that hasn't carried over yet. Fortunately, though, his injury doesn't seem to be that serious. He seems to be feeling discomfort and dealing with kind of like a thigh strain. So x-rays are negative, basically. is something they're going to have to monitor. And most likely, they're not going to risk playing him in the second leg if he is not feeling 100% fit. And that I think that's the right move to do there. Because you already have players that can come in and play. I mean, you have Ponce, which we saw him a little bit. We saw a little bit of his quality in the second half, in the at the end of the first half, and, and in the second half, um, you can't really judge it on what happened on the pitch. And I'll talk about it more in the second half because I did feel some people, not re- not very many, but few, kind of turned on Ponce a little bit and said, you know, is this really what I needs? Is this, you know, 
you've also got to think that Ponte hasn't even been here. He's been here less than two weeks. He probably has gotten time in with the first team and playing with, with the main team. But I think you'll see a different Ponce um, in the second leg, hopefully, if, if he's... I mean, he'll definitely be able to start. If Garcia is good to go, I seriously doubt Garcia starts. They might throw him into the second half or for a little bit. If, you know, if Ike are losing or whatever's going on in the match. Um, but other than that, really, Antwerp threatened a little bit on the counter. Just a big defensive lapse, both from uh, Hajisafi and Mukudi on the goal that was just terrible, that a player was able to get through like that behind the defense. I'm terrible 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 defending that just uh you give that that particular player again I should have write the, I should have at least wrote these names down the dutch player <laughs> striker for uh <coughs> the dutch international for Antwerp sorry about that guys and he's able to put the ball in the back of the net the, I mean that just is just, just a, a great finish of Something that uh, a great striker does not miss from that distance, to put it simply. But other than that, crickets, man. Now, this team, and I have to give credit where credit's due, and I always try to do this on the podcast. Antwerp showed a lot of grit, a lot of heart. Kind of going to segue into the second half. They took the most of their chances. They were given that one really good chance. They had a few half chances here and there during the first half, but nothing major. Their one major chance that they had, they took advantage of it and were able to take the lead of the score. Early on in the second half, they get a uh, one of their players gets a red card. One of their um, center backs gets a red card. So Iker left from about the 54th, 55th minute on. Antwerp were left with 10 men. Now, a lot of people that have been watching football for years, that is an advantage, but it's a very high disadvantage for the team that needs to score. If the roles were reversed and Antwerp were having to come out and Ike were leading or the game was tied or something like that, the advantage would be to Ike because Antwerp would have no choice but to come out a little bit, but they held their lines mostly. I mean, at times in the box, there was eight, nine players lined up. And I mean, all they did was do what you can do in that, whatever you can do in that situation is put players either really fast wingers. Now, I didn't, I kind of understood why Ike was pushing the center backs up so much, but Mukudi and, and Vida, they're not that fast. And I think that was a big mistake by Almeida where you'd see Antwerp at times, they, they put speedy wingers in or they put a speedy forward in and they were able to get behind Ike's defense. Now, luckily... Ike players were able to get back or they didn't have any dangerous counters or anything like that. Uh, they had one in the second half. That's it. That's all she wrote for Antwerp. But this Antwerp team was able to hold Ike, hold off Ike, which was very, very frustrating, obviously, as Ike fans, because in my mind, okay, I'm like, they're down to 10 men. Here's a good opportunity. We need to at least get one goal. That way we go into Philadelphia level. Now, I will concur with the people, uh, the talking heads in Greece and in Greek media that say Ike are the better team or clearly a better team than this team and they should win, but that doesn't always happen. 
it's not going to be easy on the return leg guys. No matter how much more talented it looks, no matter how much more better football Ike are playing than Royal Antwerp, uh, you still have to prove it on the pitch. Now, I think Ike can do it. Ike are going in very confident. I mean, this team, obviously, from what we saw, even at the 90th minute when they're down 2-0 against Dinamo Zagreb and need two goals to advance, they were able to pull it out. And that gives a team a lot of confidence. That's something that I totally forgot to mention when I, uh, when I was talking about the end of the Dinamo match is that that gives a team tremendous amount of confidence going forward, knowing that they can step out onto the pitch and they can score, that the goal is eventually going to come. Um, I think you saw a little bit of tiredness coming through to the players uh, by the end of this match. I think you saw a little bit of frustration. Ponce showed some of his good qualities. He was able to get the ball. But, you you know, they were throwing these uh, these crosses into the box. And a few of them, yeah, you were like, damn. If Garcia didn't get injured, you knew with the hops that this guy has, the amazing uh, ability to really get up high to head the ball, that he could have put another ball on target or you would have had a better shot or with his speed, the way he can get away from defenders, especially a couple of times when Ike tried to counter. Now, that's something that I haven't seen I could do very well at times that I saw in the preseason that I talked about, where they had a nice passing counterattack. Um, of course, you were not able to do that against Antwerp because they were holding so many players back. But all to play for in the second leg, I'm hopeful that they can get it done. Uh, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, and dare I say it, it's going to be even tougher against this Antwerp team, I think, than it is against Dinamo, because I saw a great team, honestly. But, I mean, they did have the crowd behind them. They were pumped up because they were at home. Um, You know, they're also going to be feeling confident, though. They're going to say, okay, with 10 men and these guys couldn't score on us, Let's go to Athens and win it. And we really did not get to see how good they were on the counter. And this Ike defense has to get better overall. They have to get better as the season goes on because you cannot allow those those silly, stupid lapses on defense that are really going to wind up hurting you. And especially in a, in a, in a cup-style competition or in a playoff where you're trying to go through to the next round. Um, I think Costas Kizajoglu put it best when he said that if this was a game in the championship, if this was a league game, I'd be like, okay, Ike, we're clearly the better team, and we move on. You know, you win some, you lose some. Sometimes, as we said just a few minutes ago, this happens in football, that you can play so much better than your opponent, but... The ball just doesn't want to go in the back in the back of the net. It's the beauty of football. It's one of the things, and I'm sorry for making you guys tired again of saying this. It's the beauty of football, and it's the the one thing that we love about this game. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. I was standing up. I do that. I do that a lot. Maybe one time I'll get my wife to record me so you guys could see how I am during game days. I'll stand up and watch the games because I get that antsy and that nervous about everything. And yes, I've, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm not in full kit, but I've got most of the time an Ike shirt, or I'm very warm natured, so most of the time that's why I haven't gotten her to record me yet. It's because I'm not wearing a shirt. 
I'll have like my Ike scarf around my neck and just be sitting there screaming at the TV and just walking and pacing the living room back and forth. Um, so that's, that's what we love about football. Um, before I get off here, first off guys, if you love the content, please subscribe, leave a review wherever you can. Thanks so much to the people that already have. Thanks. I love you guys. Thanks so much. I, I appreciate you so much for taking the time. There's so much content, so many other podcasts you could be listening to right now, but you're listening to me. I thank you from the bottom of my heart because you guys are the reason why I take time out of my day and take time out of my week to make this podcast happen. Um, so number one, <clears throat> number two, let's move on and talk about a little bit the reports are that the lineup's going to be completely changed. Maybe we see a little bit of Zini. Mitoglu most likely is going to play in this league game because it's against Pansaraikos. But Pansaraikos, last week, even though they lost 2-0 against Olympiacos, A, it was 0-0 at halftime in Karaiskaki, in an empty Karaiskaki. So that does make a difference. And Pansaraikos missed the penalty. So they're not going to be a, a, a pushover coming into the league champions. Now, Aurelibiakos hitting that form that... Uh, Aurelibiakos hitting that form that... Um, uh, that I don't know the, the Aurelibiakos' form. You know, like, I don't know where they're at. You know, I know they're in a rebuild mode. They're still Olympiacos, and they still struggle to beat Pansaraikos. So what, what I'm trying to say is this team's going to be very scrappy. It's not going to be a very easy match. Like I said, Mituglu is probably going to come in and most likely pay for the older, the veteran Vida, so he could take a rest. Uh, don't know if Mukudi is going to take a rest. Don't know if uh, uh, they might start the youngster, Roxon. And that's something that I also heard... Uh, Gets its own talk about. You know, you look at the, the center back pairing for Antwerp. One of them's 19 years old. We need to give up this whole thought of ageism. I don't know if that's even a thing. In Greece, that just because young players come out and play young, if they're good enough to play, they should play. I mean, this kid, 19 years old, uh, was it was it Kolibali? I don't remember if it was Kolebali or the other player, um, was 19 years old playing for Antwerp. Roxon has supposedly shown great form in, in preseason. I think he should get a, maybe he might get a league start. This has to, this has to happen in order for football to grow properly in Greece as it has all over the world. Now I know we're kind of impatient about that at times, in Greek football, as, as Greek media and, and Greek supporters, but you know we gotta we gotta move on from that. We gotta get over that. Um, you know, up front, this was very weird that I heard Ponce had gotten a red card in a cup match in Spain, and per UEFA rules, has to sit out a match, and because he didn't sit out any of the 20 following league matches for his former club, Ike has to sit him for a match, which makes no freaking sense to me if you're playing in another country, in another league. This is one of those weird freaking UEFA mafia things that I have no idea why this is happening, but 
Ponce's not going to be there to go. So uh, most likely we're either going to see Van Weert. Van Weert, maybe Pizarro comes off the bench. Maybe we'll see a little bit more Pizarro so they can get a break. Maybe Galanopoulos and Mandos will play. We'll see. Almeida will have something in, in play. <coughs> um, as Stankovic injury, from what I heard today, and this is going to be day-to-day, the injury that he's dealing with, I'm not sure exactly what he's dealing with, but they said most likely he might be ready to go by Wednesday for the second leg against Royal Antwerp. I don't know, guys. Let's see what happens. Um, just uh, a lot going on in the Ike world, man. We're uh, kicking off this season full swing, just ready, just, you know, I'm ready to see how this plays out. I'm more excited. I'm willing to overlook whatever happens with Pansara Aikos. You know, yes, do I want Ike to get the three points to kick off the league season? Do I think they will? Absolutely. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm not read up on who's playing who this weekend. Like I said, I'm so focused on what's going to happen in Europe, what's going to happen Wednesday against Antwerp, where Ike are going to end up now with the win against Dinamo. They've sealed a Europa League spot, group stage spot. And now look to, hopefully, if they're able to win, they have to win by two-goal difference, obviously, against Royal Antwerp. Could possibly end up in the group stages of the Champions League. And that's also going to affect with, I know people are saying, you know, we're not talking about transfers anymore, blah, blah, blah. We're going to see what happens with transfers towards the latter half of next week. After Wednesday, after it's determined where we're going to play, I think from a financial standpoint, because you could spend a little more money on players and from a prestige standpoint, because you could go to somebody and say, hey, look, we're in the group stage of the Champions League. You want to go play for freaking, uh, I don't know, I'm going to pick a name, uh, Toulouse in the second division of French football. I think they're in the second division. I don't know. Or you want to come play in the Champions League. You want to go play for Marseille that's struggling to even make Europa League football right now, or are you, you going to come play in the Champions League? That, you know, <laughs> um, and people can kind of, that helps you. That helps you. I mean, look at the mess that's going on with Olivia and Wang, not to bring up uh, what our opponents are doing. But anyway, guys, uh, let me get out of here. So next week I'll start to go over a little more about, like I did last season, about uh, predictions in Greek football, like week to week, who I think is going to win. I've also got to wait and see how these teams are performing, how these teams are doing. Uh, Olympiacos seem to be getting better and better. Uh, Pauk had a good showing today against Hearts in Scotland. They were able to win 2-1. to one. Panathinaikos had a decent showing in Braga, which I was impressed. Panathinaikos is, I have to say this, and I'm sorry. Like I said, I'll always speak honestly and truth. They're really impressing me how they've begun these European fixtures. Um, I know they won of, they didn't, they didn't play over the weekend either. Um, so their first match was postponed due to the Fasarias that happened. Um, anyway, guys, but let me get out, let me get out of here. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Opus Panda, Forza, Aikara, and I'll talk to you guys next week.